Sign up for the nation news at rondonradio.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 329 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we're live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, sorry we missed last week, but <coughs> uh, one of us was a little under the weather, but we are back this week with 329, 330, and 331. Coming up on episode 329, we're going to talk about the national craze of pickleball. And you're not going to believe who's playing, where they're playing, and why is everybody playing this game called pickleball? Also, we want to talk about the fact that, I don't know, do you want to talk about COVID today? Sure, why not? Because <laughs> one of us may or may have not contracted COVID uh, over the past couple of weeks, so that may be the reason why we weren't here. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. By the time you've listened to this, chances are you've already voted if you live in Seattle. For the new mayor, I sat down last night for the first time because I really wanted to look at the two final candidates. And you know what I found out is I looked at these two candidates. I just sit there and I scratch my head and I say to myself, how come we are ending up in a city with so many smart people with two candidates that have already been on the city council? Both of these candidates are a big reason that this city is in such despair right now. When you drive around, you look at the tents, you look at the homelessness, and you look at the fact that a lot of police officers are just walking away, over 300 officers so far. And so I tuned in to kind of see the debate between the final two candidates, and I walked away really dissatisfied with the candidates that we have. Ron, why is that when it comes to being the mayor of Seattle— People love to hate the mayor. I can't remember a time that anyone looks back and says, yeah, I love Greg Nichols. Greg Nichols was a pretty good mayor, but you'll never hear anyone say that. You'll never hear anyone say, yeah, I really love Norm Rice. Norm Rice was a good mayor. Nobody ever says that. Jenny Durkin. Anyway, uh, Ed Murray. Yeah, anyway, anyway, there's four mayors right there. Two of the four may have been pretty good mayors, but we are a city that loves to beat up our politicians. We love to beat up the mayor. And then you think about the police chief, right? Because the mayor is really the head police chief. And you have Lorena Gonzalez right now, one of the candidates, who still wants to defund the police. It's like, how much more can you defund the police and still keep law and order in a town where you can call 911 and there's a good chance if the crime is not in progress, that nobody is stopping by and nobody is coming to help you. What say you in a city that is so cutting edge in so many ways, and yet we have these retread candidates, Bruce Harrell, Lorena Gonzalez, for the mayor of the city of Seattle? It is really hard, I think, to be a politician in, right now specifically. Uh, we've just gone through the, the two of the most polarizing national elections uh, in our lifetimes, like some people would say, if you go back to the, you know, the founding fathers eras, that there was a lot of muck ranking and polarization. So we can't speak to those because we didn't live through them. So you have that as a backdrop. And then I think what's happening right now is we are having a, a, an awakening among a lot of middle aged white people in America. 
The Black Lives Matter movement over the past couple of years really had, and like you and I are on that train of, you know, going from two guys that I would say four years ago, five years ago, we believed in the bootstrapping myth. Uh, we believe that we were, you know, these narratives that, hey, if you just work really hard, uh, look at us. Like we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. Uh, there's there's kind of a level playing field. You can do it anything you want in America. We really didn't have a, a concept of what it meant to be have white privilege necessarily uh, in our lives. And so over the course of those years and, and we're not all the way there yet, but we've we've learned about what it means to be privileged what it means uh, to, to believe in bootstrapping and all of these little things, the, the little nudges that have happened along the way. So what does that mean politically? Well, you, we do have people in politics in Seattle that say, wait a minute, what about these other communities? What about uh, uh, people of color? What about women? What about homelessness? What about people that struggle with addiction? What about them? Is this going to be a town that's only about white white collar workers and people that make six figures and that live on the top of Queen Anne or that live in Magnolia? Are we going to try to build a city that is embracing and give an opportunity to everybody? What about the person that works at the grocery store? What about a school teacher or a firefighter? Can they live and work in these same communities? So that is real. That dynamic is changed politics. And so I, I, I brought with me to today's show, I got a letter from Bruce Harrell, and he talks about all the stuff you just mentioned. He talks about homelessness. He talks about the businesses. He talks about police reform. He talks about affordable housing. Like all of it's in the letter. He doesn't have really in solutions. He's pointing out that he sees them. Mm -hmm. But politically, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? And, and you have like someone, let's say Amazon. If you think about how much money Jeff Bezos makes personally and how he flaunted it this year to have his own rocket ship take him and his brother out to space, how little money they pay in taxes. Um, I get why people are pissed. I get why people say, you know what? Maybe we should just burn it down and start over. And, and metaphorically, maybe we should like, maybe there is something better than the way the police have worked. Maybe there is something better than the way these corporate taxes have worked. Maybe there is something better than, uh, you know, the racial covenants that existed in all these communities. They have a point. Uh, the hard part now is coming up with solutions. And so I know how I'm going to vote, and, and I feel like it's the lesser of two evils in a way on, on this thing. But if this was an easy fix, we would have solved homelessness. If this was an easy fix, we would have, you know, we wouldn't have drug addicts living under the bridges. It's not an easy fix. Yeah. And I don't think it's helpful when you have Lorena Gonzalez uh, last night when I listened to her in the debate. And she said, you know, all our police officers here are are kneeling on top of uh, people that they think have done something wrong in the same way that they were kneeling on George Floyd. And I don't think that that is super helpful just to take out that gas can during a conversation, because what she has to understand is if she becomes the mayor of Seattle, the police department works for her. The police chief is never the police chief. The mayor is the police chief. And to your point, Ron, to even pull off some of this stuff, you have to still maintain law and order. This city has to feel safe. And at the same time, once you opened up the jungle and you unleashed the jungle on the rest of Seattle, 
what are you going to do with the jungle now? Because the jungle now is spread all over the city. It's spread all over our parks. Bruce Harold says he's going to take the parts back. If you take the parts back, where are you going to take the people that are currently living in those parks? Because uh, I've had conversations with them, and they're, they're not leaving anytime soon. Who's going to make them leave those parks? The police department? Well, now you've done exactly what you said you weren't going to do. You're now sending the police into parks to deal with addiction, to deal with homelessness, to deal with mental crisis. And what we're saying is we don't want to do that. Here's what I didn't hear in the debate last night. Like if someone said, Don, I want you to be a mayor, what would you do? Uh, I would do what they're doing in Denver right now. They have something called the star program. I think if I was a mayoral candidate, I'd say, you know what? I want police officers to be able to respond to 911 calls when there's true emergencies, when there's a domestic violence issue, when somebody's being raped, when a child is in peril, when there's a DUI, when there's a fire somewhere, uh, when a bank is being robbed or a home has been broken into. I want police to be able to respond to those things. In order to respond to those things, we have to free them up. And to free them up, do you know who we want to send into the Ballard Commons Park in order to make sure that we take care of the 154 people that are living there right now in tents? and try to provide some kind of housing and direction for them. We don't want the police department to do that. We want to send it, do what they did in Denver. They have six star vans and they send out community and they're in uniform and they have their vans and they've been empowered uh, to go into places and spaces like this and, and to really find help and plug people in to services that will really help them. Along with that, though, you have to draw a hard line is the mayor in the city of Seattle and say, we're taking our parks back. We want the parks back. We're taking the parks back. Bruce Harold and all his ads are like, Hey, it doesn't feel safe because people are living. In- well, how are you going to take the parks back? Are you going to march uh, the police in there and the SWAT unit that, that does look like they've been uh, over in Afghanistan and Iraq sometimes with all the battle rattle they have on, which is a little, little over the top and ridiculous. At the same time, if you're one of those cops, you don't feel like it's over the top and ridiculous because you went through the protests uh, over the summer in Capitol Hill and I-5 and other places where people died. So I just think we need to have a mayor that is willing to say, let's look at what Denver did. Fly to Denver, ride around in one of the star vans, see what they're doing there. Hire someone from that star program, bring them back here and start something like that in the city of Seattle. And even though in Denver right now, it's only six vans, it's been a smashing success. It's been a huge success there. And the people that are working in those star vans, they haven't been hurt. Uh, no one's maimed them, shot them, raped. None of that has happened. Uh, and, and from what I hear, what I read, and what I understand, they're doing an incredible job. So let's let the police police. Let's bring mayors in that have new ideas. And if you don't have a new idea, steal an idea from a place like Denver, Colorado, where they're doing a pretty damn good job right now. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, happy holidays. Yeah, I just said happy holidays. Can you believe it? The holidays are upon us. And the thing that I love about Les Schwab Tire Centers and all the men and women that work there, you know what? 
they want to make sure before they gather around their family table for the holidays that you might have an opportunity to gather around yours. If you have plenty of food, plenty of resources, and plenty to give away, and you're looking for a place to give, guess what? There's 85 Les Schwab locations and they're doing something called the Drive Out Hunger Food Drive. They do it every year. So it's thanks to Les Schwab. And then they partnered with Aramark and also Food Lifeline. They're all teaming up to help families out there that maybe they need some food as they gather around their own holiday table. And Ron, how do we do this? Could not be easier. Just drop off your non-perishable food donation at any Western Washington Les Schwab Tire Center. You just pull right into the parking lot. One of the, the helpful crew members will run out and take your donation. Every donation helps stock the shelves for Food Lifeline programs in our own communities. Les Schwab Tire Centers, Aramark, and Food Lifeline have all teamed up to drive out hunger this holiday season. It's the drive out hunger food drive happening now you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and and care about uh who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now it truly is one of life's biggest transactions if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a ron and don sit down Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now, and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and, um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Dawn nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, as you just heard. And if you want to go on the real estate journey, we'd love to go with you. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. We're going to find out if you're a good team member, if we're good team members, if we can work together. So if you're buying, selling, investing, and we're doing a lot of sits down, sit down right now, uh, lots of sit downs right now for 2022. So it's never too early to sit down with Ron and Don. It's 45 minutes. doesn't cost you a thing. And we'll even send you a, a coffee mug that said, I sat down with Ron and Don. Ron is here. Sorry about missing... Uh, last week's shows, in fact, since we started doing the podcast over the past couple of years, I don't think we've ever missed a week, uh, but it was a pretty important week for you, wasn't it? Well, I don't know how important it was, but I, I did get, uh, and I, I, I thought about whether or not I should even 
talk about this publicly. Like there's part of me that doesn't want to talk about it publicly. And then uh, part of the, the part that won out is the, hopefully this will help some people. I, I have a, I got a breakout case of COVID or breakthrough case of COVID. Uh, I started feeling ill on a Friday night or I just had a sore throat and I was supposed to go. We were having a family reunion in Florida uh, to see with my mom and dad, my brother and sister were all going to be down in Florida. So I had a plane ticket mm. set for Florida the uh, last Friday. And so I was like, well, I should probably uh, at least get checked out just to be on the safe side. Like it just felt like a, a, a flu or the beginnings of a, of a, of the common cold. I was like, I might as well get it, it checked out because I'm going to be on a plane and I'm flying. My parents are in their eighties. And so I went to the uh, UW center to get checked out and it came back the next day. It said uh, COVID detected. <clears throat> and uh, I have to admit, I was very surprised because I'm, I've been vaccinated. In fact, the next day I was scheduled to get my booster shot. I had gone to my doctor and uh, my doctor was like, yeah, we would like you to get the booster shot. So I had that scheduled. It was for the next day. And uh, I've been, if, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, you and I have been very uh, big advocates for getting vaccinated and following the science. And so I, I again, started emailing my doctors and um, they're like, okay, you have to be isolated for 10 days. Uh, you can't leave your condo and um, get a, an oximeter or like this oxygen thing to check your oxygen levels in case it gets into your lungs. And, um, and then I had to, or my doctor recommended getting the monoclonal antibody injections. So the only time I left my place, I went to the uh, Everett Clinic and I got uh, four injections of antibodies into my stomach. Uh, they just put the needles right into your gut. Mm. And so, um, that sounds fun. yeah, that was fun. And it's really cheap too. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it was, it's been a scary, bizarre uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm not infectious anymore. Um, I went through the quarantine and I'm slowly like getting back to, to full strength, not at full strength yet, but wanted to do the shows for everybody. We had some people say, Hey, we missed some episodes. So trying to rally and get that done, but it was, um, you know, you're sitting there going, okay, 700,000 Americans have died of this. And you're like you're laying on your couch, uh, going, I don't want to be one of those people that dies from this. A lot of it is tracking your oxygen. So, so what were your oxygen levels? Cause that's when they get, that's when they get really concerned is when your oxygen levels. Uh, the lowest I had recorded was 94. Mm -hmm. Uh, they say at 92 that you, um, and I, I believe that's absorption rate. Um, you put this, you people have probably had this at the doctor. It's a little device that goes on your finger. It takes your pulse and a, the oxygen absorption. I don't know how it does it, but it just does it through the pulse rate and something uh, on your finger. Uh, and so at the Everett Clinic, I was at 94. They said if this goes below 92, then uh, you need to, you know, go to the emergency room or contact your doctor. And so uh, I, I test it multiple times a day. And if you know, I'm up at 97, 98, 99, um, which is good. It didn't go into my lungs. But yeah, and, and want to say thanks to you. You brought me some food a couple times, mm -hmm. which, believe it or not, was like amazing to have some support and be able to you know, have that to look forward to. So I really appreciate that. Mm. And, uh, it's, it was, it was pretty scary. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I'm not married, so I was home alone. And, uh, again, like it's hard to discount going, all right, 
hundred millions of people worldwide have died. Five million. Yeah. What do you what do you say to people that say, "Wow, we're on the vaccine. It doesn't it, it doesn't work. See, this is a vaccine that that doesn't work, and you got COVID anyway." Uh, what do you what do you say to to folks that respond to that? Well, I mean, we I spoke to this before I ever had COVID, and it's like it's not a force field. A lot of people ask me, "Oh, where did you get it?" It's like, well, <laughs> you don't know. Like I was just going about my normal. Like I showed some condos to some buyers. I bought a smoothie. I went to the chiropractor. Like just the normal stuff that you do. I you know had uh, a beverage at a restaurant, and and had a slice of pizza. So it's like you you go to do your normal stuff. So I don't know where it was uh, or if I, you know, touched a door handle right after someone else touched a door handle or if it was airborne. Like, I don't know. Um, but the doctors and nurses that I have dealt with all have said the fact that you got that I was fully vaccinated probably kept me out of the hospital. And so, you know, it. it it was much better being vaccinated than not being vaccinated. But yeah, yeah it's it's not like a superhero um, force field that nothing can penetrate. Uh, there are still are breakthrough cases. And, and since I've got this, I've had many people go, oh, you're the fourth or fifth person I've known that has had a breakthrough case. But if you are vaccinated, it's, your chances of being hospitalized or dying are, are next to nothing. Yeah, one, a, a guy that does... Work on the side when you put siding on a house, like uh, and you pop in windows, doors, and all that. They call that person a cider. So one of my ciders wasn't vaccinated, got very very sick, and in fact, I was talking to him yesterday, and he said it really scared the bleep out of him uh, to to be that sick. And he's young; he's only he's only twenty nine years old, and I can't imagine if he was older because because talking to him on the phone, he sounded much worse than you ever did in my conversations with you. So I, I, I can't imagine if he wasn't young, 29, had his health, he's in great shape, you know, siding homes, buildings all the time. Uh, and he said the same thing, that, that you, you, you look at vaccination a little differently, you find out that vaccination isn't a force field, but it's something that's helpful. Hopefully it keeps you out of the hospital and it keeps you from dying, especially as you, uh, as you get older. So anyway... Uh, I'm so glad that you're back. I'm, I'm so glad, glad I'm not dead. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're healthy and uh, you get to be out and about now with uh, the rest of us. See you on the other side. Hey, guys, we want to introduce you to a brand new sponsor here on the Ron and Don Show. He's part of the Ron and Don Nation. His name is Mitch Weeks. He's with Home Seed Loans. Go to his website, Mitch.loans. Ron, you went to Mitch. I just did this to get pre-approved. And Mitch, I went through the online portal. It was relatively painless. The big news, though, to us and here in the Ron and Don Nation, we've worked with you in HomeSeed. You have an amazing buyer's program now for people that listen to this show. We sure do. Yeah. It's a members only for Ron and Don Nation. And you're going to be part of our buyer benefit program. So just by listening to this podcast, you're in. No hassle, no questions asked. Uh, this partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. To find out more, schedule a chat with me by going to Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans to find out how you can get pre-approved to buy a new home today, just like Ron. All right. So that half a percent, that applies to refinance or to a brand new loan. Go to Mitch.loans. It's not a .com. It's Mitch.loans. The Weeks team, NMLS 169 
Hi, this is Therese, the new buyer specialist for all of you in the Ron and Don Nation. If you're going to win a house in such a competitive market, you better have a good strategist. And that's what I specialize in. When you're ready to sit down with us, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, the Ron and Don Show. It's kind of interesting. I went up to uh, Suncadia a few weeks ago with my son. And we were looking to do something fun. And he said, Daddy, have you ever played pickleball? And I said, no. So we found some pickleball rackets. And they actually have pickleball courts there. And we went and played some pickleball. And Can I we was do a timeout and just describe? I think, I think I know what it is. Yeah. But maybe you can tell us. It's, is it like tennis and ping pong sort of mixed together? Yeah, it's like tennis and ping pong in the sense that you're, you're playing with a really stiff racket and the ball itself is pretty deadened. So it's not like a tennis ball. And, and that's one of the issues I had with my son. Like he took tennis lessons over the summer. It's a plastic ball though, not a fuzzy ball. Yeah. And then he's like, dad, let's go uh, play some tennis. And, and we sit there and we never actually. We, we, I don't think we've ever recorded one volley because you know me, everything's football. So I hit that, I'll hit that tennis ball clear the beyond park. the t- yeah. home run. Yeah. And then he's over there and he'll see me. Do, and then he's doing a similar thing. And, and I don't think we ever actually volleyed once or twice. Well, pickleball, tennis. smaller court. It yeah. has a net and you, and then you got this really the smaller racket, right? Smaller racket, uh, stiffer ball. So it doesn't have as much play. And, and so anyway, we went and played and what was really cool. He's 11 years old. I'm, I'm an old man now at 54. We could sit there and volley back and forth like 11, 12, 15 times. I think one time we counted, we got up to 31 times that we were able to volley back and forth and what was interesting for him and interesting for me it was a game that he has his youth i'm this old man but we could both play and have fun and kind of be competitive how doing many it. ligaments did you pull <laughs> yeah so it's kind of interesting because i i don't know if you saw leonardo capri recently but he had gained a bunch of, of weight and to get that weight off he looks pretty stealth these days he gets up every day, and no matter where he is, what movie set he's on, it doesn't matter. He has a pickleball court that he takes with him, and he plays pickleball sometimes two times and three times a day. Reminds me of Sylvester Stallone. I remember when I used to be in the car business here in Seattle. He was here shooting a movie called The Assassin, and they had bought uh, – it was a 19 – it was a 1993 uh, 325i – a BMW convertible. In fact, if you watch that movie, you'll see him blow it up. He had purchased that for me, and I went to where they were filming this in Sandpoint, and I went inside, and I watched them film, which was really cool. Danny Glover was there. He wasn't in the movie, but he's there to speak with him about another movie. We had a great conversation and at the craft food table. It's really fun. And then uh, they told me that Sylvester Stallone had three semis that always travel with him. And one of those is where he goes and relaxes. Another one is where he has all his weights set up. And then he had another one that was just set up to uh, play golf. He likes to play golf. So anyway, uh, it kind of reminded me of that, that Leonardo DiCaprio. Ca- do you say DiCaprio? DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Yeah. That he, that he does something similar. A lot of people in Hollywood love pickleball. Everybody's talking about pickleball. A lot of people that go to church now have joined pickleball rules and le- or, Believe or it or pickleball, not, it was pickleball leagues. On Bainbridge Island. Yeah, right? So that was interesting. Like Historically, there was uh, some families that uh, invented this game, similar to what you were saying. They wanted uh, a fun sport to play with their kids, didn't really want to do tennis. There's legends that maybe their dog was named Pickles. <laughs> so they, called it, 
<laughs> it was pickles ball that they used on yeah. this thing. So there, and there's some folklore around it, but it is it is the fastest growing sport in america right now yeah my my uh, friend joe and he's one of my my real estate partners and and one of my great real estate mentors he just went over to hawaii and he was hanging out over there for a couple weeks and he came back and he was looking all stealth and i'm like wow what were you doing you're riding your bike up the west maui loop while you're over there uh doing a lot of skiing uh playing pickleball with a guy named leo he was getting up every morning and they have pickleball courts there just right on the ocean and you just go get signed up and you play with a bunch of strangers. And he said, it's a really cool way to hang out in Maui because you end up playing with some tourists. You end up playing with some locals. He said it was a lot of fun. So basically and it's a great way to stay in shape. Everyone at Maui is mad at him for being over competitive. <laughs> then I met this guy. I'm trying to relax on my vacation yeah. and he's just the most competitive human being I've ever met and would not even allow me to score one point in pickleball. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 329. We really appreciate that. Don't forget to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center because as the seasons change, maybe you need to change those tires. Don't forget also they have their big food lifeline uh, food collection going on right now. Stop by any Les Schwab location in western Washington, drop off some food, some non-perishable food items, and they'll make sure that gets to the folks at Food Lifeline. Our thanks to Les Schwab for doing that. And also, uh, a lot of people, the best time to buy a house is during the holidays. The best deal I made last year is when I went out and found a house for one of my clients and we bought it on Thanksgiving Day, a mid-century modern for 550000 when nobody else was looking. That house today is worth $750,000 a year later. How about that? If you're thinking about doing some shopping with us, because we'll be here during the holidays, maybe give Mitch a call too, right? Yeah, you can go to Mitch.loans and uh, if you're in the Ron and Don Nation, save half a percent on your loan. That's an average savings of $3,000. Yeah. So if you're buying, selling, investing, let's sit down, do a Ron and Don sit down. All you have to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com That's ronanddonsitdown.com Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time right here only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>